I'm Daniela. Welcome to my podcast, because everyone has a story. The place to give ordinary people's stories the chance to be shared and preserved. Our stories become the language of connections. Let's enjoy it, connect and relate, because everyone has a story. Welcome, my guest, Lily Boyd. Lily is a former corporate consultant and now a coach of corporate leaders and professionals to accelerate their career progression and fall in love with their profession again. This is the story of Lily, a self-proclaimed extrovert-introvert who spent years figuring out who the hell she was. Always journeying for connection, but yet constantly wanting solitude. Not fully fitting in, but not excluded either. Often feeling like she didn't belong and spent years struggling to find her voice, passion and identity. I don't know if this resonates with you, but it certainly does to me with Lily's situation. For me, the sense of belonging is not there yet. I can adapt to many people, most people, yet I don't feel that I belong. And sometimes I struggle to find my voice. Going back to Lily, she thought starting a career in corporate consulting in another country and culture could wipe clean all her insecurities and start fresh with confidence. What do you think it happens? She was wrong. If anything, it amplified it. Despite all that you just heard, she became unapologetically authentic and empowered in her career in the quiet, confident way. You don't have to be loud to show that you are an incredible person. She's on a mission to help others unleash their success superpower and flourish in their uniqueness. So let's endure her story. Welcome, Lily, to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes. And Lily, so you have a story. Why do you want to share your story? I want to share my story because I really want to give hope that you can still be an introvert and still have a very successful corporate career where many people often mistakenly believe that being loud is what brings you success. It's not. It's about figuring out how to be successful in a way that suits you. Yes, and I agree with you. So I'm glad you're bringing this story to us. And just to make sure that we know where are you located? I am in London, United Kingdom. Yes, so we are like eight hours apart. So yeah, great. And so Lily, when does your story start? The thing is, I have always been fascinated with people human behaviors and psychology. I love people watching. I'm always described as the quiet one, the person that is just watching, just observing. And over the years, I found myself being drawn back to it over and over again until I made the decision to focus on what I'm currently doing, working with introverts, working in people development full-time. And I guess that's where In a way, my story starts since I was very young and throughout my career, a very squiggly career. uh, My background started in accountancy and finance, 180 from what I'm currently doing today, to really navigating it in a way that eventually I just found myself 
back here yes. doing what I'm doing. But how do you decided to be a, in finance or in accounting when you actually always love people watching or people in general? I, I guess that is a bit partly due to my upbringing and my background. My heritage is Chinese. I'm originally from Malaysia, grew up in Kuala Lumpur. At that point in time, when I was making the decision on what to pursue for my higher education, it was between accounting and finance and psychology. And eventually, I went with accounting and finance because at that point in time, unfortunately, there was still a lot of misunderstanding on what the field of psychology is and what kind of career path and career prospect was there. And at that point, there was still a lot of stigma with it. My parents, my my relative kind of all steered me to a more stable or more well-known uh, profession, which, which is accounting and finance. And that's how I got into it. And you never had a problem? You really liked it? A very important thing that I've learned when I did accountant and accountancy and finance, it's I'm good at it. I'm good with numbers, but I don't like it. And I think this is one of the things I uh, work with people a lot is figuring out your strengths. And that's often a misunderstanding that your strength is what you're good at. But actually, your strength is what you're good at and what you enjoy doing and the intersection between them. So for example, yeah, just because I'm very good at numbers does not mean that I like it which I would not consider it a strength because it's not actually giving me energy. It's actually draining energy from me. Thank you for that lesson. I didn't really know that. I didn't know strength is equal something that you enjoy plus that you're good at. What do you call something that you're good at but don't necessarily enjoy? A skill, yes. So you went into accounting and what happened? I went to accounting. I did my undergraduate in that. I started, I did an internship in taxation to really get a real life sense of what would I be doing in my uh, professional adult life, what this career in this looks like, and quickly realized that, yeah, it is not the industry for me. Uh, I, I can't really see myself working in this industry. And that's where I started looking elsewhere, kind of branch out. And I did a lot of different work experience. So after taxation, I went into migration testing uh, in a telecommunication company. So writing scripts, testing scripts, more of the technology side of it. It was really interesting, but I did not really enjoy doing it as well. So then I went into banking. I did relationship management, corporate management, and working with corporates to understand what kind of arrangement and structure they need to get in place and how to build and nurture relationship with them from a banking perspective. And all this was in Malaysia? All this tree was in Malaysia. And then I managed to get into consultancy, working with Deloitte, and that was in London. That is where I did a lot of program management, transformation programs, helping businesses to deliver the the biggest strategic priorities. Within that, I even did a lot of different types of work. 
before eventually I landed the opportunity to work with a client that specifically wanted to change their culture, wanted to upscale their leaders. And that was kind of the start of how I got into what I'm currently doing. Lily, so you seem to have a skill and a talent that you didn't enjoy, but you, I'm sure you did enjoy because you were moving up, you were changing. So you saw that, oh, I'm very good at this and you continue. So when is exactly the point when you see that is draining you because you actually were succeeding in all these jobs that you had? Yeah, that, that was that's a really good question. I enjoyed every opportunity. Because the perspective that I went into was, what can I learn from this experience? What can I gain out from this? I know that it's not something or it's not my forever career. It's not something that I can see myself in the next five years or 10 years or 15 years. But at this point in time, it was the best career decision for me. So I went into it and say, right. What can I learn from this? Who can I learn from? And what kind of opportunities that I can explore in this environment? And that was what kept me going. Well, that's a very smart way of thinking. How do you came up with that? Good question. I, I guess it is a combination of I'm quite an optimistic person, naturally, because I knew this was not something that I enjoy. I can see myself doing for the long term, but at the same time, I wasn't sure what I would enjoy doing. So I made sure I have an open mind when I started every opportunity to say, maybe this could be the one. Let me give it my all to see whether this could be my forever career. And I did that. Wow, great, uh, optimistic and great way of going through life. And when you were little, you were like that too? I was very different growing up. <laughs> I would say d during my adolescence year, I was described as quite the moody child, mm -hmm. uh, as someone who is very quiet, very moody, kept to herself, described as really shy, a bit of rebellious. I think it was partly because part of the growing process, but also because I was just also trying to figure out who I am, what kind of person am I meant to be and figuring out actually what kind of life do I want to be living. Having also quite a sensitive personality and very soft-spoken personality in a family environment that is actually quite loud kind of made me become more reserved than, than normal. And I think growing up, that kind of reflected my adolescence year. And I think it was in nearing towards my college year, the end of my secondary school, that's where everything kind of changed. And that's where the flip kind of switched. And as a young girl, five and nine and 10, how were you? Were you talkative or were you also shy? I think I started out really talkative, very boyish, tomboyish. And I think that's the word. I have an older brother who is a, a, only a year older than me. I love roughhousing. I love playing around with him. A very tomboyish nature. And I guess as a younger growing up, there are societal expectations placed on you on what does being a lady means and how do you behave and, you know, do you really go out and, and get rough and dirty with the boys or do you adopt a more ladylike behavior in quotations? And I think that impacted me as well. So I kind of moved away from more of a tomboy to, okay, how do I be more of a lady? It is an outcome of, at that point, the societal expectation on what it means to be a woman or to be ladylike. <laughs> 
Yes, that's true. That's true. And I, that's a whole topic conversation, I guess, to go through that. Mm-hmm. I know that you started your story about being introvert, but so far here we're talking about skills and strengths and looking for what it was your passion. How did you put all these together? I only started piecing all of this together maybe about a couple of years ago. On the surface, I, I do have a successful career. But what many don't know or many haven't seen is the inner struggle I had with accepting myself. And what I mean by accepting myself is accepting that I am an introvert or someone that you know relates to a lot of introverted tendency. And I spent a lot of years trying to figure out who I am, um, always in this funny balance of wanting to be around people but also wanting my solitude, wanting my peace, wanting my silence. So I grew up also quite self-conscious because of that. I didn't know what my identity is, who I am supposed to be, what do I want to do. And everything and nothing seems really interesting for me. What happened was when I started my career in consultancy, it kind of feel like a blank slate. I could wipe clean off my insecurities and start fresh with confidence because I was also in a new country, in a new city with all new people. That was very wrong. If anything, it kind of amplified my insecurities. Often amplified the most consistent feedback that I received at that point in my time. It's I'm told to speak up, that I'm too quiet, that I need to try and fit in more. And all of those led me constantly trying to be someone I'm not. And of course, all of these advices was given with the most well-meaning intention. They would say things like, Lini, you have so many great ideas. You just need to speak up more. You just need to talk a bit louder so you're hurt. It backfired, actually made me doubt my professional abilities. It made me erode my confidence. I felt I had to constantly maintain a happy facade say yes to almost everything to prove my value. And in return, it was mentally and physically exhausting. And it wasn't until a couple of years in that I start meeting a lot of great mentors and coaches who notice and understand my struggles and gave me the space to really figure things out, gave me the tools, the reality check to say, stop holding myself back and how can I start turning up to life and work more authentically? How can I start being prouder and more unapologetic of who I am and the value that I bring to the workplace? I still remember the one advice that my mentor gave me. It's not about speaking louder. It's about figuring out how you would like to be heard. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That was your mentor or a coach? That was a mentor that I met at work who also sort of act like a half coach to me as well. So do you seek for a coach or it was just uh, something that came to you? This particular person, it was someone that I would say was at the right place at the right time who offered to be my mentor as well as to offer me some coaching at the same time. And this was in London? This was in London, yes. Nice. And so what happened after that conversation? It gave me a new perspective, a very different perspective of it is not about raising your voice. It is not about counting how many times I speak in the meeting. And it's not about trying to have 
the perfect answer or a great idea to share in a meeting. It's about figuring out what my strengths are, what am I really good at, and how do I want to showcase and demonstrate that. So an example for that, it's leaning on my great listening skills, ability to understand and look at how the type of relationship and the type of power dynamics that exist within a team and environment, and use that to help unlock conversation or to challenge perception or to raise questions. But by doing that, it kind of gave me the opportunity and in a way the permission to say, hey, actually, I'm really valuable in what I have to offer at my workplace and with my team. And that kind of changed my perspective a lot. What did you start to do? So you internally you were changing, but were you doing any external changes? Yes, both internal and externally. I would say it, it start more with an internal refocus of understanding actually What do I want to be known for and how do I want to be known for? And using that to change how I communicate with people, how I build relationship and maintain relationship with people. So I also changed my perspective of how do I network and figuring out how to network as an introvert is also quite a difficult topic for a lot of people who are, who are quite introvert as well, as well as how I showcase and demonstrate my achievement and my accomplishment to others. And so can you give me an example? Networking as an introvert. That There is quite a lot of misconception and stigma about what networking is. It's about you know, how do I suck up to the most powerful or the most influential person in the room? How do I get them to help me or to open doors for me? How I'm currently looking at networking now, it's first of all, it's just having a conversation and adopting a curious mindset of this is another person that has a story to tell. What's their story? How do I get to know that person? And how can I help that person? And offering the support first, and in return, they would offer their support to help you in what you need to do. As well as looking at my personality, how do I make networking works in a way that works for me? So for example, rather than huge group networking or day-long networking session where I get emotionally and mentally exhausted because of, of a lot of social engagement. I reduce it. I like to do one-to-one networking session and I limit networking session to maximum 15-20 minutes per person. And if we get on, if we click, I invite them, let's catch up again in a couple of months time and kind of do that. And, and try many different ways to figure out how it works for me and kind of moving away from what people consider as the standard networking. Yes, I, I like what you said. When I was doing networking, like you said, I loved it. I love networking, but I was I would be exhausted. I will always do that. I was always curious. I will always say, how can I help you? Because if I help you, I will get something in return. And so that was always my 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 style and it worked really well and I was really proud. But now I'm happy that you're bringing this story because you're putting it in, in conversations. Sometimes you are just, you think that you're alone in, in the world and that this is the way you think and you don't share. But yes, I'm glad you're bringing that. Yeah, and I think what you, what you share is also really important. We often think we are the only one that's experiencing this. But in reality, It is a shared experience that a lot of people feel the same way, but you don't see it because no one talks about it, no one shares it, 
And there's always the fear of being judged or being embarrassed if you share it. It is really about a journey of trying a lot of different things out and figuring out what works for you. And what I mean by that is not a lot of people know this is when I used to attend big networking events and when I forced myself to attend it and I say, I need to attend the entire session. I need to talk to X many of people. I need to constantly um, be on the go, all of my energy into the session. What people don't see is I go to the washroom and I hide for half an hour because I was so done talking to people. I was so exhausted. Yeah, that I totally get you. How I reframe and looking at the situation as well. I used to think that, oh, you know, Everyone is so lovely. Everyone is so nice. How can I feel this way? Mm-hmm. But in reality is you're just wired differently. Y- you just need more alone time to recharge before you can go out and do all of this again. And that's perfectly okay. And one of the things that I started doing now, it's being very upfront and clear about it to say, I'm having such a great time getting to know all of you or meeting all of you, but I'm at my limit. I'm going to excuse myself now. I would catch up with you another time. I would reconnect in the future to continue the conversation. But at this point in time, you're no longer getting the best out of me. I am exhausted. I'm going to say my bye. 99% of the time, everyone understands. No one would judge you or fault you for that. Actually, they actually appreciate you saying that because they're like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm also exhausted. Maybe I should make a move as well. Yes, I like that. Uh, not getting the best of me. That's a good reason to move away. Yeah. And you know what I think is actually not a positive thing is to have this open concept areas of work because for the introverts, we have no privacy. Even if we don't hear or we're not talking, it's kind of like the energy of the other person is glowing too close to ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is all about figuring out the right environment where you can try and succeed. Yes, you're putting a lot of words onto my issues. <laughs> <laughs> So Lily, you got this feedback, you started to learn about how to do networking your style, Lily's style, and what else, what happens and then? I also learned how to talk about my accomplishment, show off in a way my accomplishment in my style as well. This is another misconception or stigma that a lot of people have about, I'm here to just do my work or my work would speak for itself. There's no need to brag or no need to talk about my accomplishment. There's this underlying expectation that people would just know. Extroverts struggle with this too, but also for a lot of introverts and talking because we we already have a tendency of not being the loudest in the room or not speaking up or having a bit of lack of confidence in general. No one actually knew what I have done or what I have accomplished. And it was also figuring out how can I get that out there without me standing on the stage, kind of shouting out my successes, figuring out who is my network, who are my allies, who are my champions, who would help me to share my success with me maintaining the narrative of how I want them to share about my success, as well as reframing how I talk about my success in a way that 
fits my motivation. So I am quite people motivated, get very excited seeing people succeed, helping people grow, helping people get, you know, gain their confidence, get their next job, get promoted advancement opportunities that they want. So the way that I reframe and talk about my accomplishment is from that perspective of what I have done, how I have helped people, the impact that I've made. And rather than being very financial focused of I've increased or supported this client to improve or their profit margins by 10%, I talk it from a people's perspective. By improving their profit margin by 10%, this client is now able to better invest in their people have better learning and development opportunities. X number of people got promoted from X number of minority backgrounds. So re-looking how I even talk about my accomplishment and what and the different outcomes that I've achieved. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm glad that you're learning so much. Okay, and then continue with what else happened. There's a lot of domino effects. I started getting progression opportunities that I wanted. I was on my senior leadership radars. They know who I am. They know what I'm able to do. They know the value that I'm bringing. And I was placed on fast track promotion as well. More importantly, through all of this, I felt happier. I felt more fulfilled than I've ever been. And I start feeling like, yes, that's a reason why I'm here. And I know what's that reason. And I'm fully confident of the value that I'm able to bring um, to my work and in my career. Do you go back to Kuala Lumpur? I do. tend to go back at least once a year. So when you go there with your family, do you feel the same person or you will f- you feel a new Lily? That's a really good question. I, I think I feel like a new person or rather not a new person, a different version of Lily a more confident and a more self-assured version of Lily. Yes, because I feel like when you go back home, I don't know, they, their interactions make you feel like you were this little girl again, mm. even that you're an old grown-up woman. So that's why I was asking if maybe all the things that you do where you are in London and you go back, is kind of reversed. Mm. That that is growth journey with my family and with my friends as well, especially for those who are still back in Malaysia. And I, I talk to them often over the phone. Initially, when I go back on a yearly basis, there is a bit of a tension in that they have a certain level of expectation on how I would behave or things would just be as normal being last year or before I've moved to the United Kingdom. And it took time for them to come to term on, okay, things have changed. She has grown. We need to kind of reset our relationship and expectation as well. So I'm not going to lie. There are arguments. There are tensions. There are some friends that unfortunately are no longer my friends because we outgrew each other. But I've also gained new friends on the process. I've also developed better relationship with my family members because of that as well. It can be challenging seeing you growing, but it also can be very rewarding in terms of the type of relationship you get to strengthen and the new relationship you get to build. And Lily, what happened after you presented this new version of Lily and you were looked up for promotions? What happened after that? Yeah, so on the verge of my leadership um, promotion, I resigned. Oh. To start my, yeah, I resigned. 
to start my own business, to do this on my own. So to work with professionals, accelerate their careers, to develop their authentic leadership and career capabilities so that they are not stuck in the hamster wheel of being reactive for their career and how they, they can really leverage their full authentic self in their career. So you quit a very stable job and a promotion mm -hmm. to have your own business. Yes. <laughs> How did that process happen? It must have been scary. It was scary in a way. It was also very exciting. I, I think a few things that really helped me to make this decision is I wanted to do more of what I'm doing which is working directly with people who are struggling with their careers without involving their companies because some of them are not comfortable with it. I also wanted more freedom to choose who I want to work with and how I want to work with people. My company and my team at that time have given me the space to grow and develop to who I am today, which I am forever grateful for. And that's also something in me that just says the time is now. The time is now for me to step away, to do it on my own and to see whether will it succeed. In your previous job, they trained you as a coach and you were doing this as well as your regular job. On the side. Okay. So on top of my regular job, I was doing this on the side as well. But why did they give you the training for coaching? They invest in my development as well. And I managed to build a business case to demonstrate how me developing a coaching skill set would benefit the company as well. So I did coach people in the company. I also ran a leadership development program for my company as well on top of my day-to-day -day responsibilities that they hired me to do. How did your office took that resignation after all the investment on you? They were surprised, but not surprised. They were surprised that I decided to do it at that point in time, but they were not surprised that I decided to start my own business because they kind of knew. They, they kind of know that my the vision that I have for my career is starting to differ slightly. I talk about training and development more. I talk about how do we grow our people? How do we work better together? They could see that it is something that I'm very passionate about. So they were not surprised that I decided to branch out, but they were surprised that I wanted to do it at the height of the lockdown. Oh, I see that. That's what happens. A lot of the lockdown make decisions. Yeah. How has it been for you to start your own business? All in all, it's something that I don't regret doing. Of course, the journey to start your own business, to figure out what works, to figure out all of the 101 things that you need to get in place. There have been a lot of challenging times, but also it is so rewarding. All in all, very happy that I made this decision. Any moments of challenges that you feel a little disappointed or discouraged? I guess the one that stood up the most was business development. So I guess as with most coaches that why we are so passionate and why we get into coaching is because we want to help people. 
if possible, I just want to make sure that I coach all of my working hours spent, all my working hours is spent on, on coaching and, and developing people. But of course, the reality is not the same. I need to also have time to develop my own business, to grow more clients. I think the most challenging part was for me to figure out what, what the right balance is on how much time do I spend on developing my business and how much time I spend on working with people and coaching them. Well, that's super interesting. And so now you are do- taking care of clients. So I predominantly work with people either on a one-to-one basis or on a group basis or through companies to look at career advancement, to look at leadership development, and also to look at their culture. When people come to you, is that they already have the mindset that they want to improve and change? Yes and no. The first things I do with them is to work with them to understand where they're at and where they want to be. And everyone is on a maturity scale. Some companies are more mature in how they look at inclusion, in how they look at diversity, in how they look at culture, well-being, employee engagement. And there are certain companies who are still very at the start. And it's about working to where are they now and slowly working up the maturity level. And what I have seen a lot of company do too quickly is they they try to jump from A to Z in one go. And that does not work. There are gradual steps that you need to to do and need to take for you to start getting up there. And what I call it the maturity scale. How do you mature at a consistent and stable level to get you from where you are now and where you want to be? So yes, some companies might start with more of feeling that this is tick box exercise and help you understand what are the possibilities and what are the benefits from doing this properly and work with them on the step-by-step level to help them get there. And so we know that there are always successes with your story, but has it been one that is not successful that you actually started with a company and you were like, okay, I don't really think you want to really learn anything? There has been one or two clients and companies like that. I am unapologetic in sitting down with them and saying, I don't think this is working out as what we both intend to. And if I'm not able to help you or if our values are not aligned, is it more beneficial for us to part ways? Wow. Good. I'm glad you are not an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think for all of this, it does take experience. These are things that a lot of people talk about. At a theory level, it all makes sense. But until I had to do it for myself in my business, in how I work with my client, how I show up for myself in my business, you would never know how challenging it actually is until you had to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Lily, thank you very much for getting deep into your story because other people will not learn and relate and connect. Yeah, I I think we kind of went quite deep into my story. Yes, we did. Thank you again for being here and sharing your story about how to be an introvert with success. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it today's episode. I am Daniela and you were listening to Because Everyone Has a Story. Please take five seconds right now and think of somebody in your life that may enjoy what you just heard or someone that has a story to be shared and preserved. When you think of that person, shoot them a text with the link of this podcast. 
this would allow the ordinary magic to go further. Join me next time for another story conversation. Thank you for listening. Hasta pronto.